0: Welcome to episode number 26 of Good Stuff Sports. I'm your host, Mike Mason. This is the show where we get to know those in and around the sports that we love. And on today's show, I talked to Jeremy Bandari, who's the author of a book called Trust the Grind, How World-Class Athletes Got to the Top. And I loved talking to Jeremy. We barely scratched the surface of of what is going on in this book. This book talks all about things that world-class, championship-caliber athletes did to increase their performance on the field or in the octagon or on the racetrack or on the basketball court, not just physically but mentally, too. We talked about goal-setting. We talked about diet, lots and lots and lots of ways in which athletes train and train hard and do all kinds of different things to reach the level of a champion. Let me let me give you the list of some of the people that Jeremy talked to for the creation of this book. Jason Kidd, Chipper Jones, Terrell Owens, Paige Van Zandt, Manny Pacquiao, Mike Modano, Jimmy Johnson, Dina Caster, Gary Player, Ryan Sheckler, George St. Pierre, Ryan Lochte, Devin Hester, Andrew Jones, Luis Gonzalez, Tim Hudson. I am positive that you've heard of at least one or two of these athletes. And if you have a young athlete in your life, they are going to want to read about what these athletes did to get to the top of their game. I want to thank Jeremy again. We barely scratched the surface on this one. And I think you're going to love the conversation with me and the author of Trust the Grind, Jeremy Bandari. It is my pleasure to welcome my new friend Jeremy Bandari, author of Trust the Grind, to the Good Stuff Kids and Good Stuff Sports podcasts. Jeremy, how are you today?
1: Good, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. It's uh it's awesome to talk to you. We've been going uh we've been going back and forth a little bit in like all the best ways, like trying to find a good time. Um and we did it. Here we are. It's a Tuesday afternoon. You're where you are, I'm where I am. Through the magic of FaceTime audio, we can hear each other like crystal clear. Um, so Jeremy, where are you right now? I am
1: located in a small town called Ashland, Ashland, Massachusetts. So uh, we're not too far away in the uh, the grand scheme of things. But um, but yep, hanging out in uh, about 30 minutes outside of Fenway Park.
0: Oh, 30 minutes. That's nice. My first ever professional sporting game, I went to Fenway during the, the Jim Rice, Wade Boggs era uh with my uh, oil can you, re- you remember oil can, yeah, oil can board, of course. <laughs> during that Western. that era of the red sox so so jeremy we're, we're going to talk about this book trust, trust the grind how world-class athletes got to the top but i i think it's really uh interesting to hear how people got to where they are so what drew you to to sports have you been a lifelong sports fan what are your teams like who do you who do you love yeah, so
1: I think at a young age, sports were always um, a main focal point for me and just something that drew me in. Um, you know, I, my parents, my mom used to say, when, you know, I'd come down to to eat for breakfast when I'm four or five years old. Uh, before heading off to preschool, um, she would just scatter the, the Boston Globe in front of me, and I would always um, resonate towards the sports section. And open that, and you know, study the standings and the league leaders, and who was leading the league in home runs, and where were the Red Sox at? Were they first, second? You know, and uh, it's funny because we tell this story, but when it was time to choose my T-ball card, my favorite my favorite player for my T-ball card, I chose Alex Rodriguez, who oh, was like man. A shortstop on, on the Rangers uh-huh. back at this 2000, 2001. Four or five years old. I don't even know where Texas is on a map. <laughs> don't know who this guy is. I just know from reading the Boston Globe, home run leaders, RBI leaders. I'm like, this guy's at the top. I want to choose him as my favorite player, which was odd um, for someone. In the, I was the only one in the program to do it. So at a really young age, like, numbers, stats, and sports stood out. And mm-hmm. then my first experience, uh, live experience for a professional, um, a professional sporting event was at the the TD Garden. Uh, I was actually the Fleet Center back then where the Celtics played, and they played against the 76ers, man. This was in 2005, I think. I was nine years old, and it was my first time seeing greatness uh, live. And and Mm -hmm. what I mean by greatness is mean Allen, the answer, Iverson. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So he torched the Celtics and this was someone who was, you know, six feet, if we're being generous, 160 pounds soaking wet mm-hmm. and just dominated. And from there on, man, I just realized, you know, it's not, you don't have to have the physical gifts. It's just if you believe in yourself and have the confidence, uh, you know, you can do anything. And that's what really drew me into
0: sports. Hmm. So that, that live experience seeing, seeing yeah. AI live. So what era Celtics is that the Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce era of the Celtics? Yeah. 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 So that's what, in the rougher days, but, yeah, uh, rougher days, but you know, they, they turn things around and, you know, yeah. it seems like hoops are going to start up again. We should say as of uh, June 9th and the Celtics are legit. What can we say? Right. Made yeah, some, they, made some moves and they're legit.
1: Yeah. They could definitely make a run. I think, uh, you know, it's probably the Lakers or Clippers to lose uh, this series, uh, this season rather. But, um, but we'll see. You know, we. I mean, the Raptors won last year. No one expected that, so anything it's could true. happen.
0: That's very, very true. And that's the, one of my favorite things about sports is that the the sort of the the underdog, and that anything can happen. Even though the Raptors beat uh, my team. Um, it's fine. It's totally fine. So, so tell me a little bit, this book is, is a little bit different. It's a little bit, you know, you, you talk to a lot of athletes and we'll get into some of them, but your focus wasn't really on like, well, what's, what was the highlight? Like, what was it like to hit so many home runs or what was it like to be in the octagon or what was it like to catch touchdown passes? But rather you had a, a, a really more specific kind of interest. So tell me a little bit about what what inspired you to to write the book and what was most interesting to you about setting pen to paper or finger to keyboard or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I'm glad you touched on kind of the uniqueness of the project because so following my graduation from college, I went to UMass Amherst and uh, I was blessed with the opportunity to serve at ESPN as a sports researcher. I got this incredible job offer and I immediately accepted it and it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I moved down there and I was uh, primarily working on the SEC network, creating content for them and whatnot, and uh, helping out with ESPN.com articles or you know any content um, across the entire corporation. So in that particular role, it was a lot of stats, a lot of analytics, a lot of just focusing on the accolades and focusing on the statistical background of these uh, men and women and and harping on these numbers to tell a story and uh while there's a great place for that and it's it's awesome and we do touch on uh, num- a lot of stats and numbers in trust the grind to just exemplify how great these men and women are the main focus for me was just how did they get to the top how can we use these athletes to you know create a bigger message and you know I always say this, you can't know someone in your network and then immediately say, hey, can I play shortstop for the Yankees because I know this person who runs the team. You know, you have to earn your spot in sports. That's the beauty of it. You can't accidentally hit 400 homers in the MLB. You can't accidentally, you know, catch 10 touchdowns in a season or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to earn it. It's all on you. And that's, like I said, that's what really drew me in. And I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to do something to inspire the youth. How about, you know, I have a great understanding of sports. I have a great understanding of what what these men and women went through. What if I just speak with them and, you know, what if we just created a blueprint for the kids and shy away from numbers, shy away from stats and really focus in and harp in on what helped them propel so that we can teach others so they can as
0: well. Mm hmm. And and there's a lot. And and I should say that it seems like and and I think you'll agree with this. Your skills as a researcher really came in handy because there's a lot in the book that's not just, you know, sports related, but there's there's like some real brain science in here. And it shows that you you really dug into all of these things in a way that went far beyond like muscle memory, for lack of a better word. Right. Or for lack of a more um, specific thing. So so you you know, we'll talk about a few of these folks that you, that you talk to. And I think the, the one that was really interesting and it is the first chapter. Um, but I remember growing up, uh, and loving, well, not loving, but we had TBS. That was like the channel that I had when we were growing up that had baseball games. So, so you like inadvertently were a Braves fan at that point, right? Like that was the team that you saw all the games. And I remember being like, well, Chipper Jones, there was just something even like before I really knew a lot about him, I was like that he's the star and there's no doubt about it. So, one thing that I you know when you were working with Chipper, talking to Chipper, did you expect, I guess this is the question, did you expect what he had to offer was going to be what he had to offer. And I guess like we don't want to give away too much of the book, right? Because we want people to go read it. But maybe in like a a nutshell, describe it and and if that was uh, what you expected.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it started the book because I thought it was so powerful. The uh, the information and knowledge he presented to, to the reader. Right. It's just, you know, number one, setting goals in order, if you want to achieve anything in life, you have to set goals. You have to know where you want to go. So I think that's such a great way to, um, to start the project off is just identifying a route to take. That's the number one step in anything in life. doesn't matter if you play baseball or whatnot. Just identify some sort of path and then, you know, walk it and, and make changes and, and things like that. So I think with Chipper, man, it was... Um, am I surprised? Absolutely not. I mean, when you accomplish <laughs> some of the things that he did on the ball field you know, you expect greatness in all facets, in baseball, and hunting, in uh, broadcasting now, and uh, whatever he's going to do, he's going to take those tendencies over and just translate them in whatever he uh, he takes on. But I think the the biggest thing that stood out with me was just um, his ability to, to understand, you know, you got to make short-term goals, long-term goals, and focusing on the immediate is something that he, uh, he responded back with, you know, when it comes to setting goals. And I think a lot of people in life, man, they they look five years and now they look ten years and now, and they 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 focus on something that's going to happen in three months. If you just won't, he you know he said, my main goal is to just be a tough at bat every time I go up there. And when you stay present in the moment, and when you stay focused on the task at hand, and not something in a week, not something in a month, not something that might happen in two, three years, that's how you're going to find the most success. If you lock in on the present moment. Um, on a day-to-day basis, no matter what field or occupation you're in. If you just focus on the task at hand, every single day you do that forever, you will succeed. So he had short-term goals. He had long-term goals. And like we said, I mean, we, we quote an interview that he did when he was you know, 23, 24 years old, and they asked him, you know, what are your yearly goals for the upcoming season? And he said, you know, I'm going to hit 300. I'm going to hit 40 homers. I'm going <laughs> right. to do all these crazy things that only Hank Aaron had done, right? Yep. And you're like, who, you know? But we're using that to say, hey, have confidence in yourself. Have the value, have the courage to speak out loud what you believe. And that's what Chipper did. And I think it's just a testament to his success throughout his whole career. I mean, like we said, he, he did things that only Mickey Mantle did uh, in terms of switch hitters. So it's just... It's just incredible, and um, like I said, the insight was just remarkable uh, from his point. And um, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway, was just locking in on the immediate. Setting long-term goals, of course, always you know have a long-term plan, but focus in on the immediate. Be as present as possible mm-hmm. in the moment, and that's just something I learned from him.
0: And and I think I think this is the the Chipper Jones piece, but it may have been later in the book. But also, like not just having goals. I think this is a really important distinction, not just having them, but like, actually like writing them down and referring to them, you know, like the, the and this is where the brain science came in, I think, right? It's like, yeah. it's one thing in the right side of your brain to think it, but when you re- write it down, the left side of your brain yes. actualizes yes. it. I thought that was totally fascinating. Um, again, yeah. we don't want to give away too much, right? But um, I thought that was a really, really cool piece to to what Chipper said. Um, and, and another great thing about this book is 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 you don't just talk to baseball players, or you know, basketball players like Jason Kidd, or football players like Terrell Owens or Devin Hester. But you you cross to different sports, right? And 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 one thing that I love is at the end of each chapter, you have sort of the the takeaway bullet points for each one. And you you even talk to a couple UFC fighters, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like Paige Van VanZant and George St Pierre. And um, one of the things that I loved about Page Van Zant piece in particular, again, like if we're crossing the spoiler territory, I don't really like that there's so much to this that I don't <laughs> think it, that like we're barely scratching the surface. Right. But like the idea of avoiding any sort of comparison is is so fascinating to hear from an athlete because, you know. For example, right, I just watched The Last Dance, which I'm I'm guessing you did as well, like most yeah, of America did, right? And loved it. <laughs> and like I can't think of the uh the number of times that someone's compared to like, oh, they're the next Jordan, they're the next Pippin or whatever it is. And I thought it was so uh refreshing and reassuring and and real for Paige Van Zant to say, Don't basically don't believe in comparisons, don't believe in that hype.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'm glad you, you referenced Paige because uh, it, it was such a vital component to the story, and I've gotten a lot of feed positive feedback from her section in particular, uh, right? Because um, it is a female, a prominent female athlete, and what she's saying is be yourself, focus on what you're good at, don't look at the person next to you, and that's something, uh, you know, for my the female readers, and, and you know, she's a social media, you know, a model, Sports Illustrated model, uh, millions of followers on Instagram and whatnot. Uh, For her looks outside of the octagon, she's a dominant fighter, but she's also this model and, you know, it's been featured in Sports Illustrated. And here's someone saying, hey, don't worry about, you know, social media. It's, you know, it's 99% of us or 99% of it is just not real reality, right? It's just, that's not what we really look like and, and stuff like that. So, um, I think it's so vital and important to for young girls out there and and even guys whoever struggles with uh social media and there's a, we reference in the project some of the studies that have been done on on those active on social media and the effects it can have on your mental health. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was just so valuable to have an athlete, a prominent athlete like herself, to speak on stuff like that and really help people and and
0: put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and another, you know, just sticking to the thread of the UFC folks um is interesting to see the the piece about george st pierre and what he locked in on which is this idea of obsessiveness and and what that means as an athlete so tell me a little bit about what that meant to you yeah
1: that was um yeah i hate to play favorites in this project (laughs) i love love all 16 of the athletes um you know jason kidd I, i love jason kidd i want to get that on record he sent me a jersey the oh, signed wow. jersey after the project and everything. Cool.
0: So um, from which team
1: for the Mavericks? Yeah, you know, the title. First round, first round. Oh, the first round of the
0: Mavericks. Nice. Yeah, the
1: '90s jersey. They're so <laughs> they're so clean. I love it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> but no, but but to be honest, the, the conversation I had with GSP was um, was probably my favorite because um, number one, for those aren't for those who aren't uh, fluent in, in UFC history, George Saint Pierre is arguably the greatest UFC fighter uh, of all time. And he's kind of, he's like the LeBron of the sport. Right. And I wish, I wish that was more mainstream, but, but as long as, you know, a lot of people do know about him and his greatness, but, but getting back to it, yeah. Just having the opportunity to speak with him man, and just, uh, die, breaking into the mental side of it, right. He's projecting the fight in his head. He maybe he gets caught in an arm bar or maybe gets caught, you know, on the ground game, but he's always projecting positive outcomes at the end, making sure he's always ending up on top. And, uh, And not being afraid to travel, right? You know, he's young, doesn't speak the native language. He's going down to New York to train jiu-jitsu and sometimes he's getting lost. He can't ask for help because he doesn't know English. But but he, he pursued his dreams because he was obsessed. He was obsessed with the fight game and he was willing to do whatever it took to be great. And I think that obsession, you know, he lost sleep. He lost... You know, he made so much sacrifice. There's Monday, it's wrestling. Tuesday, it's jiu-jitsu. You know, you name it. He's just covering every facet of the game, and he's focusing on the health aspect of it. Just his obsessiveness to be great, and I think that's just a vital tendency, a vital habit that... If you want to be great, you got to sacrifice a lot and you got to obsess over your craft and mm-hmm. uh getting the opportunity to speak with him and have him touch on things
0: of that nature was just um, a life-changing experience for me. Yeah. I, I remember, I don't know if you watch the show, there was a show called The Ultimate Fighter that was on. Yep. It might still be on, I don't know. But one year, uh he was on it. And one thing that was like amazing to me about him in particular was like, look, it is like uber testosterone right like these guys are like just ripped and their job is to like believe it their job is to be like i'm the toughest person you will ever see in your life and that's how i come across and then on the other side of it was george st pierre who's just like seemed like the nicest guy who like you would never look at him and be like oh he could like he could really wreck people like really really quickly and efficiently I i was like so it was cool to see that 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 side of him too. Like he's a smart fella, and that's an that's a really good yeah. thing.
1: I'm so glad you touched on that, Mike, because um, here I am, you know, doing research for for his conversation. I'm watching videos of him. You know, even back in the day, he's built like a Greek god, right? Right. He still is built like a Greek god, and I'm like, man, this guy is just killing everybody. And I get on the phone; he couldn't have been nicer. He's laughing, he's having <laughs> a good time, but he's he's just so freaking bright. Where like we before even getting into my questions you know he he was on some fasting uh program at the time and he's breaking down the science behind it and and how he was doing it and just things that were just totally over my head and i was like this man is so calculated and intelligent Mm -hmm. no wonder you know he's able to really accomplish anything he puts his mind to so i'm I'm glad he touched on that
0: because he couldn't have been a nicer guy when i spoke to him yeah I, i mean i really wish we could go through like uh, all of these, right? Like all right. sixteen. We're we're just touching on a few, and I, I I think the last one, you know, just to uh, you know, uh, we'll give the whole list when we're done. But the 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 one that I want to hear a little bit about from you, um, and we talked about it a little bit, uh, I think before. I don't even remember if we were rolling. This is I'm having a, a very nice time talking to you, so I don't remember if it was before we pushed record or after. But we you talked to uh Terrell Owens, and I I'm interested to hear what that was like because. Uh he's one of the most it's it just in my lifetime most controversial figures in sports. You know, he sort of is is uh in a lot of ways he's seen as one of the first like uh, uh for lack of a better word like just the way that he put himself out there on the field. Like he is equally remembered for Pull, if not more for like pulling the sharpie out of his sock and signing the ball, right? <laughs> or like when he put the planted the uh, planted the football in the in the star, right? When he I forgot yeah. he was even on them, but and then Nine he was and then he yeah. was on the Cowboys for a little bit. But like, what was it? What what did what did you learn from from him?
1: Man, I wish I could you know broadcast to this to as many people as possible. Couldn't have been nicer when I spoke to him um it, it, my experience with with Terry Lowens was um you know that actually we we had a chat and we spoke for you know a little bit and um the phone uh ended up getting cut off somehow and I wasn't able to finish my questions and I and, and he called right back you know he's like hey how can I I you know something happened yeah. whatever you know so so just the the generosity the appreciation for it and um Man, he, he's so misrepresented. I I think. I mean, I can only speak on personal personal. Right. Um, sure,
0: but but that's but your personal your one on one personal experience with him yeah. is means more than right. like you know than when he was crying about uh, was it? Oh man, that's my Tony quarterback. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's my yeah, quarterback.
1: I mean. Yeah, he was uh he was the nicest guy and it was just so cool to get kind of a behind the scenes look at like the real person, you know. I, you, just a lot of people can make judgments and and this is someone who, you know, I grew up idolizing this guy. He was one of my favorites because he was kind of um, you know, just the way he went about it and he was so dominant. I mean, it's Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, TO, you can, you know, jumble up the names however you think, but those are the three best receivers of all time. So it's it's hard to argue that. And um, and so when I spoke to t o it was just uh, such an appreciation for his career, and i was I looked up to him as a kid, and uh, just getting the behind the scenes of, yo, I didn't start in my high school team until a junior my junior year It was only because some kid got sick. Mm-hmm. and then you know, I had to go to Chattanooga. It wasn't like I was this highly touted recruited prospect, and then my first couple years in the NFL, I'm, you know, living with my grandma. still, you know, after the 49ers practice, I'm going to practice with a local high school team and running sprints outside of my grandma's driveway and just getting that behind the scenes look. And it was just so powerful and just, there's no, there's no surprise when you look up and you look at the stats and he's doing things that only Jerry Rice did. And Mm -hmm. so it's just, this guy was so driven and I wish people, more people saw that side of it instead of kind of the antics that um, are just wrongly portrayed.
0: Right. And I'll also say a lot of good brain science that uh that goes into the the terrell owens piece of this as well a lot of good i a lot of good stuff about like dopamine and neurotransmitters but jeremy yeah you, you did your stuff man it's really really impressive and really really good so let's um do I, i'm i'm holding the book so if you want me to run down the list of all the people that you talk to i'm happy to do it so you don't have to go from memory um uh, unless you got it just feel free to uh, yeah uh, i would i would actually uh, i would appreciate it <laughs> yeah, fair like, enough yeah. that's because you and me were a team um so <laughs> in in the book in trust the grind how world-class athletes got to the top you talked to jason kidd chipper jones Terrell owens Paige van zandt manny pacquiao the boxer It'd be fascinating to hear about that one mike madonna jimmy johnson gary player dina castor ryan sheckler george st pierre ryan lochte Devin Hester, Andrew Jones, Luis Gonzalez, and Tim Hudson. See, again, I just want to reinforce and rehighlight the fact that these are all athletes, males, females, men and women that that at, were at the top of their sport and uh, from a variety of different sports. There's race car driving, there's Olympic swimming, there's UFC, there's baseball, basketball, hockey. Like, you, you really culled from... Everything, everything I can imagine. So uh, I, my last question for you is, was there anything really surprising that you learned through the course of putting this book together?
1: Well, that's a great question. I I mean, no, I, yes and no, right? I mean, I, I wasn't surprised at all how calculated each of them were and how, you know, intelligent and how much advice and, you know tendencies they were able to harp on to help me right it's one thing to say hey can i speak with you about obsession or self-discipline and then to actually come through and provide tips and like jason kidd for example we're talking about self-discipline and here's a guy who you know just hall of fame career illustrious career dominated the sport um and then he's talking about journaling how he started journaling during his phoenix days (laughs) <laughs> and that's just like, hey, you know, it's something and all of a sudden now I can create a whole segment around it. That's something we can all do. We can all write down our goals. We can all write down when things were going well, what, what food were we eating, who were the people we were surrounding ourselves with, uh, what content were we absorbing, stuff like that. So that's any kid out there could just immediately instill that into their lives. Chipper Jones, say your goals out loud. Have the confidence to say your goals out loud. Uh mm. You know, Mike Madonna talking about his pregame rituals of just visualizing plays, visualizing where he wants to be on the ice. And that's something we can all do if we take a test or, uh, you know, whatever, a job interview, whatever, just visualizing great, positive outcomes. Um, Mm -hmm. And we saw that with all the athletes Um, as far. So so yes and no, as far as getting back to your question, am I there were some takeaways that, wow, that's interesting. But um, but I wasn't surprised. I mean, these are great. These people have achieved greatness in their careers, like we said. I mean, these are some of the best to ever do it. So I wasn't, I wasn't even remotely shocked with um the insight they
0: provided. Mm-hmm. Which is a fair answer, and I think that <laughs> that's the right answer. Um, so again. For the 30,000th time, maybe, and I'm sure you've heard it way more than I've said it today, the book is Trust the Grind, How World-Class Athletes Got to the Top. So Jeremy, say folks want to get to know you a little bit more, follow you. Do you have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Um, and then how? what's the best way for us to get this book to support you?
1: Yeah. So as far as following me, it's um, I'm on Facebook, Jeremy Bandari. Um, and we can put that in the, uh, the description and then, and then Twitter and Instagram, it's just at Jeremy the grind. So J E R E M Y T H E G R I N D. And, nice. um, so reach out there, connect with me. And as far as the best way to buy the product is I always recommend Amazon, everything. Amazon runs the world at this point. So <laughs> it's just go on Amazon, type in trust the grind. It'll come right up. Uh, the product was endorsed on social media by Jason Kidd, by Paige Van Zandt, by some others. Like, um I highly recommend it for all the kids out there who are looking for a push in the right direction and just wanna you know start to create a productive uh lifestyle that's just what we're offering here. We talk about numbers a little bit here and there, but what we're really saying is um we're trying to outline a uh, success habit blueprint for the kids and um and that's that and i like I said Amazon is the best way to buy it and um you can reach me on we'll we'll plug the um the, the handles in the description
0: absolutely and the uh, the other piece that I want to say is uh, for parents right like I, my son is a three sport athlete at this point. I mean, he's 10, but like, whatever, let's right? Go. Like, right, let's go. And this has really good insight into what parents did to help their kids. So right. that's another little, just another little teaser to, to put out there to, to really check this book out. It's great for kids to learn about how athletes get to where they are. And it's also really good for parents to, to see that it's not just reps, you know, it's not just like, running lap or whatever it is there's a lot to it there's a mental game there's a physical game and i think the most important thing we can do is trust the grind so jeremy thank you so much for your time today and for spending time with me and talking sports i loved it
1: absolutely mike i would love to do it again if you know we can if you're interested in diving into more of the athletes and just you know talking more about the project or, or future projects oh, this this been great awesome
0: Big thank you to Jeremy Bandari. Go check out Trust the Grind. Get it wherever you get books. I know for a fact it's available on Amazon. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you very, very, very soon. Good stuff.